It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the Power Cat Questions Podcast. I almost said pregame. I, I've, got, I've got pregame podcasts in my mind. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert. Zach, I'm getting ahead of myself. You were slightly by one day. One day, we got a podcast of the pregame nature to record tomorrow. We've got a Friday walkthrough to record. And we have a Friday shoot-around that will appear on Sunday. Because basketball season is here starting Monday in Las Vegas. But, of course, they'll have an exhibition game Wednesday night at Bramage Coliseum with the Emporia State Hornets. You ever had a hornet sting there, Ryan Gilbert? Never. Don't mess okay. with the Hornets. Well, not. Okay. Okay, we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's like a soothing salve for your Hornet sting lever. That made no sense. I tried something there, and I got lost in the middle. Just go to the fridge. Damn it. Go to the fridge. Go to the fridge. Go to the fridge. Wholesale Liquor. At the corner of this and that in the town in which we live, and they are awesome, wonderful, fantastic people, and you should be following their social media because it's elite. It is elite. Fridays at the Fridge is one of my favorites. Let's get going with your questions from Wabash Station. Of course, Kansas State plays Texas in a game of football at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning in Austin, Texas. The game will be televised on Fox... Big noon, baby. Fox. It is big noon. That's right. Um, and then, of course, I just mentioned K-State, USC, 9 p.m. Monday night here in the central time zone on Turner. TNT? I don't know. It says Turner. TNT and Max. Oh. It's on Max. So that's on Max? You can watch it on Max. Huh. Like, just some guy? It's just a guy. You must be Max. Okay. Well, enough of that nonsense. Shall I? With your questions from Wabash Station, here's Ryan Giz Gilbert. From Wild Mountain Cat. Wow. I'm going to guess that's what we're going for. Yeah. Does Kleiman finally beat Texas this year? Texas is, Texas is the only school he hasn't beat in the Big 12, excluding BYU and Cincinnati. Uh, I think he does, but I thought that last year and the year before. And the year before. I don't know about yeah. the year before. No, the year before. No. Yeah, that was the COVID, pandemic. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. And honestly, this is about Texas. I've said this over and over. For years, Texas slept on K-State. They just didn't pay attention to them. 
There were nobody. How could a nobody beat Texas? And they got beat repeatedly. Now, about the time Chris Kleiman arrived, they decided, well, we got to be a little more serious about this. And they have really locked in on this game, made it important. It's important to them this year, too, for obvious reasons. Uh, So no sneaking up on Texas anymore. You got to go in there and beat them man to man. Go take them out. So that's kind of up to the players. I think the fact that it's an 11 a.m. game helps a little bit. And I think that K-State has been so well overdue to beat Texas in Austin that I feel like it's time. Those aren't very good tangible reasons, but I just have a good feeling here. Uh, You know, in watching Texas play, and of course we'll get into this, the pregame podcast, that is a really talented team that I believe performs below their, their talent level. I don't think they're as good as they should be not even close actually and maybe now with the quarterback situation it's a little more logical that they're going to struggle but that again plays into the fact that I think K-State has a real opportunity here now that Texas is on their number two quarterback who honestly didn't overwhelm me and then went over BYU so yeah he needs to get this done and if he gets this done uh, then take care of three more games and go back to the big 12 title game yeah, Fitz, you mentioned not being able to creep up on Texas, but with K-State back-to-back dominant victories, that doesn't really help K-State's cause for maybe maybe having Texas overlook them this week. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, that's the Fitz line. I'm going to say it. I agree. No, it's just yes. Yeah, I mean, particularly the fact that two weeks ago they almost lost to Houston and then K-State just destroyed Houston. Mm-hmm. That's got to get the players' attention. That sure. absolutely has to grab their attention. Yeah. From King Jim 77, assuming <laughs> Texas Sorry. sells out to stop our run game, who needs to have a big day in the passing game for K-State to pull off this win? Look, I haven't gotten into all the breakdowns of that secondary, but I think the tight end play for Kansas State is going to be essential. I mean – Let's be honest here. The receivers are what they are. It's going to be hard for them to get open, uh, you know, against inferior coverage with Houston. Phillip Brooks feasted, but he's not going to have that. And so they're going to have to find a way to make themselves available. But I think it's the tight ends that will provide better matchups for K-State. I, I mean, they're going to have to run the ball in some way. I mean, some way, and Texas doesn't let you run it hardly at all. You have to find a way to keep Texas honest, and then that'll open up the passing game a little bit more. I mean, we saw Jace Brown, I think it was a jet sweep, where he decided to go take it outside where he should have just cut it up field, right? right. That's because he's used to playing against guys that are slower than him against Texas. I think that's bad against Houston. That You you definitely can't do that against the guys at Texas. So you got to run right through them. you got to run it, but also your big guys, the tight ends, like you mentioned, are just going to have to be bigger and stronger. I'm not sure the jet sweep will really be used in this game because of that sideline to sideline speed. Um, I think they'll probably just try to run it between the tackles and do some damage and then let Will Howard throw the ball. Will Howard's got to be good. I mean, we want to talk about receivers. Will has to be really good, period. He's got to put the ball in tight spaces and not turn it over and be effective and make good decisions. I think if... Phillip Brooks is the leading receiver on Saturday. I think that means that K-State lost the game. Probably valid. And they, he probably had 50 yards. So they need to find somebody bigger, more athletic with size. You know, a lot of it's probably going to be tight end play. I would hope to see either Ben Sennett or Garrett Oakley probably leading the way for the Wildcats. 
if that happens, I think K-State wins. I, I don't remember a game where I'm more excited or interested in seeing what type of base formations Colin Klein puts his offense in? What what do they think manipulates the Texas defense in their favor? Because that's hard to come up with. When Texas takes away the run so well, does that mean we're going to go triple tights and we're going to say we're going to run the ball and bring them all up to the line of scrimmage and still throw the ball to those tight ends? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it means, how they'll attack this Texas defense, and that'll be something we'll we'll check out very early in that game on Saturday. It's tough because you always want to establish the running game early on, and that's going to be key in this game. But you also want to figure out what Texas is doing on the other side of the football. So it's a tough balance of, hey, finding out what the defense is doing against, you know, your offense running the ball if you're calling Klein. But also you want to get that running game established early because if you don't, then you, you might just have to abandon it. And like the question says, maybe you do have to have the passing game step up. Yeah, they will have to throw the ball effectively, no doubt. But they're going to have to run it in some way, somehow, to make that Texas defense honor the run. Keep an eye on the run. They're so good they don't have to do that, and they can drop back in coverage and just make it almost impossible. Uh, But we've also seen them give up some plays to a team like Houston. Just kind of forget what they're doing, and all of a sudden the game's competitive. So we'll see. I I am very fascinated to see how Colin Klein of Texas attacks this Texas defense. From Cat in Colorado, crystal ball time. How many losses will the two teams in the Big 12 championship have? Will any team make it with just one loss? Will both have two? Overall or conference? I mean, I think conference. Conference. I mean, if you're K-State, if you went out, you got one. I mean, if you're, Somebody will have one. If you're you Oklahoma, if you went out, you have one. Yeah. I mean, if you're Oklahoma State, you went out, you'll have one. And if you're Texas, you'll don't, have one. Don't bring it up. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you're Iowa State, if you went out, never mind. Actually, Iowa State finishes with Texas and Kansas State, so they might be feeling really good and then get their feelings hurt. I don't know. Maybe they'll be so confident they'll they'll go knock them off, but. Yeah, I feel like this weekend we're going to have a pretty good idea who's playing in Arlington after after Saturday's game. You know, if, if K-State and Oklahoma State win, oh, man, it's interesting. They both lose, it's probably UT and OU. Just is. Because not, not only would they have a game advantage over everyone, they also have all kinds of tiebreakers in play. Yeah, I think K-State needs to win out if they want to be in the championship game. Because sure. I think a two-loss K-State team is going to suffer – Against most teams. I mean, Probably I, not Iowa State, but you look at the others, strength of schedule. Maybe OU, if OU has a second loss, maybe. Maybe your strength of schedule against the other you know, conference opponents that you didn't necessarily each commonly play um, that might help you out there with a strength of schedule because OU's schedule is pretty weak compared to K-State's, I think. you know, But you can't really say at this point in the season, but... That's the way it would look, you know, at least the way it would look, you know, right now, what you would expect anyway. But, yeah, I think you're probably going to look at a couple one-loss teams in the championship game. I don't know if there will be a two-loss team because, you know, with five teams right now, I think Iowa State, they have the toughest path. I don't think it's going to be them. And then whoever wins the two games this weekend, I think it'll it'll be a combo of those, Texas or K-State or and or ugh, can't That's talk right. and OU or Oklahoma State a lot of O's there 
<laughs> oh, so yeah, it, I'm so fired up for this game. And now I wish I was going. I mean, this might be one of the best slates for call it for Big Twelve football on a Saturday in some time. So we, I was just doing the lines as Ryan Gilbert and I tape our usually tomorrow, but it's so busy tomorrow with basketball and everything else. Uh, we might do it tonight. Uh, the lines for this weekend. And I'm struck by the fact that there's three really meaningful games in this conference, including Kansas at Iowa State, along with Bedlam and, and K-State, Texas. And then there's absolute trash. It's like all the bad teams. Oh, now we get to play each other. Other than West Virginia. West Virginia is still a little bit in the mix, but they're the only ones with the double-digit advantage in terms of spread at 10 points over BYU and Morgantown. But, I mean, even Wednesday night, you've got a Big 12 game, folks. you got Tech and TCU. It's on a Wednesday? That's Wednesday. Isn't that weird? I, I thought it was Thursday, and then I looked at the you know the odds on uh, FanDuel, and there it is, Wednesday. It's not? No, you're making me double-check this. Really? Go check it. I'm checking now. I just I love how we can, we can use FanDuel now. It's I know. Great. It's great. I know. If you miss that little kind it's of on an Thursday, what are you talking about? Is it really? Yeah. The second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm apologized for Tim Fitzgerald's mistake on this podcast, but he was wrong. It's Thursday. I don't believe you. I think you're just lying to make me look bad. It's a, why do I have to log back in? I was just logged in. <laughs> Damn FanDuel. Why am I using FanDuel? Right above the game. It says Wednesday, 630. Right above it. There's a line. There is a line there underneath. They're they're separate. There are lines there. That's clearly for the game above it. It's Thursday night. Don't listen to me. You already texted me? Yeah. I haven't even looked. Oh, man. Never looks at my text. Okay, go go ahead. (laughs) Would keeping text. This is from Ghost Day Kate, by the way. This is horrible. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Kay. Would keeping Texas this is oh, this is also the last question of the first half. Oh good. I'm that. I'm glad we're <laughs> filling some time with some bad information. <laughs> Would keeping Texas and Oklahoma out of the conference championship game again help keep the future relevancy Big Twelve going in the next year? I have a sense we kind of overplay that. Does he mess that up? I I rewrote the question and I Missed and a word. I think Zach forgot a word. Okay. Um, we, we get it. To, okay. We get it. It's Don't Gilbert's worry. fault. Exactly. Uh, messed up. Wait, this is a train wreck. <laughs> but damn it, it's our train wreck. Uh, it. Uh, I think Big 12 people are very conscious of that. Uh, that, you know, keeping OU and UT out of the championship game is really good for the look of the conference. And I think there's something to be said about that. But I got news for you. I got news for you. If for the third straight year, the conference championship game doesn't involve OU and Texas, the national media will have no clue of that fact. They will still reference UT like they were in the conference championship game on the regular. When actually, I think it was the 19th century last time they were in. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But they haven't been in it in a while. And OU hasn't been in it for two years now. But they act like nobody else in this conference can play football other than those two. Honestly, I'm sick of it. It's lazy, incredibly lazy journalism to not even look at who's playing in the championship games in the past when you're talking about championship games. So, yeah, I think it would be 
in the best interest of the Big 12 uh, if that did not happen, being OU and UT in the title game. But nationally, the idiots will still think it happened almost every year. And it hasn't happened. It Have they ever played in the title game? I don't think so, because you go back to divisions, they couldn't. Both together? Together. No. And and the national media acts like it's the thing that happens every season. Texas hasn't made it, have they? No. Yeah. They haven't haven't even made it since I came back. So that's funny. I'm I'm just I'm criticizing media for being wrong after what I just did. What would be great is if it's Texas against Oklahoma State and then Oklahoma State wins and then you get a nice send off for those teams to the SEC. I don't want Texas or Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I am going okay. I am all in, I am all in, in though. Not necessarily. Look, Bedlam is in Stillwater. I like K-State's chances against Texas. K-State's got some real good chances cuz hint hint Ryan Gilbert's going to be predicting the catch to cover. It doesn't necessarily mean that they win, but I'm wrong always. Hold on. Wait, that's different. You if said, you pick the cats to cover, that's bad. That's bad. You need to pick Texas. You need you said to you pick were picking Texas. Texas. Oh, did I say yeah. K-State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant Texas. Sorry. <laughs> My brain's fried. We, we are we, a mess. You rubbed off on me. Should, My, we, should we start over or just put this out for everyone to hear how stupid we are? What, what's yes. the trash day? One of the, we could put this in the dumpster. Yeah, that, that's Thursday. They come okay. by. It's, okay. The dude loves that day. Um, but I, I'm a little torn. Let's get into this before we... Yeah, let's fill some time, why don't we? Yeah, because we're really short here because I was an idiot. Anyhow, um, I'm really torn. Let's say K-State wins. Okay, let's say K-State makes it back to the title game. Who do you want to play? TCU. Even that's not really a possibility. <laughs> I want to play Oklahoma State. Be great you to want to play TCU. Oklahoma State? 100%. Okay. 100% because... Part of me hopes it's Oklahoma. Since they didn't get K-State on their schedule, it was almost like the Big 12 did them a favor. The team that gives them all the trouble... I think there would be some great, what is it, serendipity that, wow, you know, I don't even know what it means. I just used a big word. If K-State beat Oklahoma in the final Big 12 title game with Oklahoma in the league. So do you mean that that's fun? Don't get me wrong. Fun, enjoyable if K-State wins. Right. Yeah. Is this the team that you think K-State can beat or just the matchup you want to see? Yeah. I, I Look, I think K-State beats Oklahoma State. Don't get me wrong. But you have a rematch. And that happened it's last the year. same as last exactly. year. And K-State literally handcuffed themselves by not playing Avery Johnson. I think you put that game in a neutral site at 11 a.m. I think K-State wins that game easily. Like, I don't think that's going to be a good – I don't think it's necessarily going to be a good game for the conference, so to speak, other than not having OU or Texas in there. But I think if you're K-State, you're licking your chops at the chance to get Oklahoma State again. I get that they've improved significantly on what you know they were and what K State thought they were after you know they lose to South Alabama. They look like they're on the back foot. They might quit that you know if they lose you know if they go down at a certain point in the game, you think they might quit for the rest of the season. But no, they didn't, and they could very well be a one-loss team by the end of the season. And I think that if you're K State, getting a chance to play eight games, and then you get to go seek revenge for that first game you played and that that you lost just kind of just it was a weird football game so i think that that, i think that if 
you get a second shot at Oklahoma State. I think K-State takes care of business. And I would rather have that known. I don't want to call it a known thing, but you know the opponent and you know exactly what you did in the game plan and how, you know, K-State's evolved as a football team since then, you know, even the, you know, in four weeks since. But, you know, I think that's the team that I would want to play. It, it would be fun to send OU out of the conference with a loss in the championship game. But I don't think OU making the championship game is great. I don't think you want to have that chance of mm-hmm. having a, a lame duck win the win the title game. You're you're right. Okay. I think UCF has a chance to make it. I think they uh, they're mathematically fight, they're fighting no. uphill. They're fight. I do believe though that uh, either UCF or Cincinnati will win this weekend. <laughs> Someone is getting their first Big 12 win. I think they tie. There's going to be some weird circumstance where they just, it ends in a tie. You're a cruel bastard. Just mean. Just, <laughs> just absolutely. Just sorry. wishing the worst out of him. I, I don't even know why you say that. You're just so hateful. Anyhow, uh, we don't really care about UCF Cincinnati. We, uh, we just hope Kansas State can make it back to the Big 12 title game. They got a lot of work to do, starting in Texas against the Longhorns on Saturday. And after the break, we'll talk about some other stuff, including some basketball. That's all it is. All basketball? It's all basketball. All hoops after the break. They don't even tell me this stuff. They keep secrets from me. Like, for example, Zach told me before we started the show that Tech and TCU played on Wednesday night. We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast. I'm about to do it again, Zach. What's wrong with me? Why don't me? you care about me? You always say, hey, Zach, I did this. Hey, oh, Zach, uh, I did hey, that. Hey, Gels. Thank I, don't, you. I don't care about you. Okay. Um, okay. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Zach cannot participate at this moment because he is into the candy jar that my wife has provided our fat butts here for Halloween here in the studio. And I about choked on it reading your tweet about you being a fat ninja. <laughs> Okay, so on Tuesdays, I do a smart-ass tweet of the week involving Coach Kleiman, and they're all fictitious. People take them seriously on occasion. They're clearly fictitious. This week's actually happened. Coach Kleiman walked into the media room, the, the theater, and said, nobody dressed up for Halloween, and I was in all black. And I said, I'm a fat ninja. And he goes, yes, you are. <laughs> Don't miss it up, Pete. It was so funny. And that actually happened. Do you think he enjoys your fake tweets as much as Jerome Tang likes the daily delivery? That's funny. Um, I don't know if he's fully aware of the fake tweets. I did send him the tweet from this morning of him celebrating the locker room when you find your wife's secret chocolate stash. <laughs> he thought that was pretty good because we had been talking about that, that too, about where she hides her chocolate. Not so. that this is 
an issue, but Tang is definitely more of the social media guy than right. Kleiman. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure Tang has seen it more than Kleiman's even seen it off your Twitter page. It's, I mean, it's just hysterical. Yeah, Coach Tang's probably like, why is Kleiman so mean to Fitz? <laughs> I love his daily deliveries. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, I, it's funny. It adds a little pressure when you know the head basketball coach is watching every daily delivery, <laughs> but it's, it's also flattering. This is the Powercat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's Halloween as we record this. Gills is dressed up as a bartender. It's a great costume. He's got his champion sweatshirt on, which is ironic since he's a loser. Um, I'm so mean to him. I'm just <laughs> Good one. Thank you. And uh, at Halloween here, Zach is dressed up as the humble journalist. I don't know what that Zach means. Zach is dressed up as Zach. If I were to close my eyes and think of what... Zach looks like yeah. It's winter time up for Halloween. Let's Patagonia yeah. quarter zip the pineapple jeans dunes. hat, whatever that's called. Prairie Dunes hat. Prairie Dunes hat. Let's give a shout out to Brett Regan, former employee who won Halloween uh, when we were still in Aggieville. Uh, he was going to host the Halloween contest at at Tubby's, ironically, and um, I was one of the judges. And so he came to me and he goes, boss, are you going to get mad if I dress up as you? And I'm like, no, how can I help? And <laughs> so we pretty much wore matching clothes. I had a T-shirt I wore all the time back then. And uh, I had a version of that same T-shirt that was way too small that shrunk. Uh, well, I'd grown, let's be honest. Uh, so he wore that and it was huge on him. But he needed the room to stuff a pillow under his shirt so he could be fat. And everyone's like, what are you? And then I had to walk up and they go, Oh, because we were dressed identically. Did you go as like Gilligan's Island once? Isn't that a that thing? was a long time ago. That was a, a a party at a friend's house, and yeah, we went uh, we went as Gilligan, and I think Becky was Marianne. I don't even know. And yeah, he was he was Gilligan. I was a skipper. Yeah. And Frank Martin was a gorilla. And we didn't know it was Frank <laughs> until later in the night when he took the head off. I'm like, oh, it's you. He was literally in a head-to-toe gorilla costume at this party. It was at a friend's house. And, it was, and he just stayed in it the whole night? Like He had to be hot. But he also was just kind of on the DL. Like, hey, I should have been tipped off that his wife was there. He was probably there, too. So anyhow, let's move on. Got to use your context clues. Context clues. But that's hilarious that Frank Martin attended a party as a gorilla and did not reveal himself until the end of the night. Like he well, was there for the the yeah, multiple like, hours, though, before yeah, yeah. you knew that it was well, Frank. It felt like that. And he sat down at the bar because they had a little short home bar. And he just took his head off and set it down on the bar next to me. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was you. <laughs> It's so funny. So, <laughs> those are the times. This is the Powercat Questions Podcast. You get to ask them if you're a member of Wabash Station at Go Powercat. And here we go. More of your questions from Wabash Station. From Eric Schneid. Schneid. Is the Naquan suspension more of an internal thing to make him earn his good graces back with the coaching staff slash team or to actually wait until all the charges and legal stuff sorts out also what's a realistic rotation on the floor look like without him okay i'll leave you the rotation stuff but i want to talk about how coach tang handled this on tuesday and i thought he did a good job he was vague in the timeline he pointed out that they need to see some things resolved but he didn't say everything you know it just they needed more information i i think at first look at you know it sounded like Maybe some kid got arrested for, you know, 
pushing the door, man, or something. But it sounds like now that we learn more, there might be more to this. We don't know the facts. There is video of it. I guarantee you there is video of it because Tubby's has a very good surveillance system, or they did. Um, and uh, so they probably have video of the Halloween, too. Probably, they probably didn't save it. <laughs> Their loss. Uh, so I'm sure the police have it. I'm sure it's all being investigated. I'm sure people are deciding um, if you want to press charges or not. Um uh, you know what? It, this is a this is a sad situation for all involved, and I'm going to go into the weeds a little bit here, because you think about this. Naquan is a beloved Kansas State athlete. Yeah, fans just love him. I mean, he's he's fun to watch play, but he's you know fun to just watch. He's a very he puts his emotions out there, and maybe that got the better of him. So if you're a bar, a prominent bar in Aggieville, that honestly is enjoying a resurgence right now, right? Gills, would you say that? I mean, it's kind of turned into a much cooler bar than it was just last year. Mm-hmm. Tubby's kind of goes through this. And this is one of the reasons why I admire the owner, uh, Ryan Bramhall, so much is he, he stays the course. I mean, he, to stay in business this long in any small business is remarkable. But in a business in which your customer set is turning over every few years of a 21 and over crowd – it's hard to do, and he gets through it, and now they're kind of the popular bar again and for some people on, on campus. So if you're involved in charging Naquan and um, kind of becoming a pariah to your customer base that you ran off this player or held him out because of the charges, I mean, some people are going to react negatively towards your bar even if you're in the right even if you're the victim here who was punched for whatever reason, if you're a student and you press those charges, you, you, I don't, this isn't a K-State thing. This is any campus. You might need a transfer. That's just a sad reality of how people will react to something. This is a fairly serious situation, and um, it needs to get cleared up uh, so Naquan can get on with his life, whether that's as a K-State basketball player or not. Now the rotation. Zach, you got some thoughts? No. Okay. I'll let you okay. handle it. Handle the rotation. So before all of this happened, we all we've we've talked a lot a little bit about Naquan's, you know, the NBA, the agent, whatever that happened, right? So he wasn't even involved with the secret scrimmage that K State had last weekend or, or two weekends ago. Oh, so hold on. If it's a secret, how do you know about it? Because I'm Oh, you're I know all the secrets. Okay. But okay. in that game when Tomlin didn't play, Quez Glover filled in and, and started. So it was is Kassan, Kaluma, Glover. Perry and Carter that were the starting five. And so it appears as as if Jerome Tang just wants to go smaller. Um, obviously, you're losing some size on the court with Tomlin. But with this new five-out system, I don't know if that's really a big deal to lose Tomlin. I think defensively, Gasson and Kaluma, those two guys are really going to have to step up and guard you know, the opponents down low in the paint. But offensively, shouldn't change much. We're going to see less of guys posting up, I would believe. And, and we're going to see more of... When Tomlin's back and, and Gasson, Kaluma, McNair, Manning, uh, you know, Colbert, all these guys, I think we're going to see less of them maybe in the paint and more of them just running around um, with this new offense. And so on offense, it doesn't really hurt them at all. Obviously, you lose a playmaker like Tomlin. That's tough. But you got to remember last year he had his foul troubles. He was, you know, his minutes per game could have been a lot higher had he played more disciplined. And so. It hurts. It obviously does sting, but but K State's going to be able to obviously play a little bit smaller, and maybe that could be a blessing in disguise. Who knows? 
because this team does have so much size on it. But it hurts. It, it definitely hurts. But I would expect Quez Glover to be stepping into this starting lineup on, uh, well, I guess, Wednesday night for the exhibition. I think a lot of what we see against Emporia State is to be taken with a grain of salt just because guys like R.J. Jones um, and Michaela Britch in specific, those are two guys that are kind of on the fence right now in my mind of, of redshirting. And so this is kind of their last opportunity to prove to the coaches, hey, I want to play, I belong. Or you say, hey, we're going to shut you down and and agree. You know, it's got to be both parties involved that agree on that to be shut down. But we'll find out a lot on, on Wednesday. But, you know, Monday is really when, the, you know, things get real against USC. I would expect Quez Glover to start in place of Tomlin. K-State goes smaller. That's what they did in this the secret scrimmage against uh, SMU. Well done. Thanks. That's why you're in charge of basketball coverage. I'm the grand poobah with basketball, aren't I? You're the champion. Uh, good one. People aren't watching this, so they don't get it. I know, I know we talked about I, I, it. But... People don't get it at all. Okay. They, they thought in the first half we were seriously making all those mistakes. And it wasn't just a skit. It wasn't a bit. <laughs> I, I fooled you too? He fooled oh, us. Fooled okay. us. I don't uh, recall from KSU number one. I don't recall ever seeing this much coordination in the community for a recruiting visit. How impressive was the how impressive was the Big Pat OV? Look, Coach Tang brought it up at his press conference. He can't talk about a recruit. Yes, he didn't bring he was asked about right. it. But yeah. But he did but he brought up the amount of stuff that yeah. was out there. And he pointed out that yeah, like he's only been two places, but his assistant coaches have been at big schools also. I said we'd never see anything like that. that was incredible. It was absolutely amazing, and and I pointed out that this is kind of the upside and downside of playing basketball in Manhattan, Kansas. The community will completely rally behind you. The entire community becomes invested in you, is conscious of a recruit being on campus. So you see the oil change place or the bookstore or whatever it is, the clothing store, whatever, <laughs> a closed Mexican restaurant had a sign up. The bank. The bank saying, welcome to town, Big Pat, or whatever it was. Welcome to. Welcome to, which is funny. But um, also when you're in that type of close-knit community, when you get arrested, everyone knows about it too. As I pointed out my DD, the entire arrest thing from Saturday night. Think about it. Saturday night, college town, major victory, incredible victory. Everyone's liquored up. It's Halloween-ish. People are going to be a little bit out of sorts. Two arrests. Two. I mean, it's incredible. Like, did the RCPD take Saturday off? Like, that's... <laughs> they were at Tubby's. Jules wasn't in Aggieville on Saturday. I mean... No, the... So why would anyone else go? Right. And plus, Nacho Libre was on the loose, and that is terrible. <laughs> Literally half of the people that were arrested in Riley County on Saturday were men's basketball players. <laughs> 50% of the arrests. <clears throat> it's a terrible rate, Fitz. <laughs> and let me tell you something. If you want to say that, well, that's only because they don't normally arrest athletes... Casey athletes don't get in trouble for all the things I listed because they know people are watching. They don't, they can't, you can't get away with anything. Will Howard walks into a bar and it's not a setup for a joke. Everyone knows he walks into that bar. And so you're very conscious. I would imagine if you're in Austin, Texas and you're a football player, you walk into a college bar. People probably know who you are. If you walk into a downtown bar or someplace not associated with the college, 
you might probably just sit there and do your thing. Not in Manhattan, Kansas, man. So you're held accountable uh, at all times. And But, yeah, it's really cool to watch the community rally around that. The entire student body was locked in on that. They are chanting him. It was uh it was incredible. It was amazing. His Wabash was not mediocre at best. He was a three. It needed some work. I love. I had a video of it, and he kind of goes back and forth for like five seconds, and he's looking around, and then it just kind of clicks in his head. Where he's like, "Ah, oh, this is fun." And he look, and then he looks at, I think Perry or whoever was next to him, and like had a smile on his face, and so, you know, it felt like he was really enjoying the visit to Manhattan. Obviously, the fans. That's kind of where K State. This coaching staff believes it can have a chance to win some of these players over, at least maybe have that be a part of of what gets a guy to go to K-State, the fan involvement, the atmosphere that you see. Um, I believe Gongba was there for a football game at Duke. I don't know if he if there was a football game or not, but you have to imagine that a football game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium was different than anything he would see at Duke. And on the uh, basketball Duke's side, pretty good right now. Duke's ranked. K-State wasn't. Sure. I don't know. Just, just as far thought. as the atmosphere, though. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, I think they were in the Shamrock Zone. I was looking for them. I was like, where are they at? Because they're not in their usual their usual spot through that for that game. Mm. And I think it was they were in the Shamrock Zone. I don't, I don't know how long they were there, but certainly had to have been impressed with uh, with the visit. I heard you know everything I heard. The visit went great, and obviously the elephant in the room is the Naquan Tomlin incident. I don't think that had too much of an impact on things. You look at how deep this staff has planted its seeds with Gongba. One little hookup like this, you would hope that's not going to mess things up for the Wildcats. Obviously, it's not a, a good thing to have a player get arrested like that just a week before his announcement. But this you know, recruitment process is it's a year-long, multiple-year-long thing. And so for something minor, I, I say minor in quotes, but for something like this to happen, you would hope it's not going to move the needle. Now, if NIL... You know, if this was three or four years ago where NIL was not a thing, would this visit have been as big as it was with the community getting involved? I mean, I think that when you see all, you know, all the businesses putting signs up and, and you know, the community, you know, feeling this way, I don't know if this happens in the way it did are you, are without you, NIL. Are you saying that K-State wouldn't even have a, had a chance with this guy? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the response the impressive just it this is it felt like the biggest most important visit in k-state history i think so to speak i think that's of the way tang and his staff hyped it up i think it's more than anything i think it's that but i feel like with nil and the way it is and there's dollars that can be spent you know i i don't know if the same vibes come across without it maybe i'm wrong but i feel like we're in a unique time right now where, you know, if you go back to Bruce or even Snyder, you know, if there was a visit like this, I don't think they would have answered the question today the way Tang did. Granted, Tang did it fine. He didn't mention by name, yeah. just talked about the experience. But I feel like there's more of a comfortability in the recruiting space of, you know, we've talked about this, you know, fans tweeting at guys and we've, you know, for the longest time saying, don't talk to recruits. You shouldn't talk to recruits. It's against the, you know, it's against NCAA rules. If you're donating money to a university, you can't talk to prospective student athletes. But I feel like with NIL, 
things have changed to where you can make these campaigns and these pushes for kids and make them feel welcome in the community. I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. It was great. And, but like you go back five years, I don't know if you have something like this. That's a great point. I really hadn't thought of that. Like, I think we're in a new era of recruiting and official visits. You know, I I talked about it on my daily delivery, how I wrestle with this because as recruiting people that cover recruiting professionally, according to the NCAA, we, we can't be involved in any way. I mean, and I agree with that. Journalistically, we shouldn't be involved anyway in trying to influence a person's decision, but it is against the NCAA rules. So do I even want to tweet? Uh, no, I, I won't tweet. Hey, this guy's coming to town this weekend. Everybody needs to greet him and do this and that. And that. that's not, I mean, you can tweet, Hey, this guy's coming to town this weekend. It's a significant uh, recruiting visit for Kansas state. That's reporting. Yeah. Um, but you know, trying to get fans involved, that's, that's really not our role, but maybe it's becoming that. I just don't feel like I'm comfortable going. There. I don't think it's our role, but at the same time, I think that fans seemingly, I mean, like we've talked about the NCAA says, you know, don't talk to recruits basically. And that was, you know, the longest thing, but now with Twitter, NIL, everything else, social media, I think the can of worms is open and they're never going back in the can. So so I think just, just, it's part of it now. Just to clarify, at this point in time, as far as I know, I can't tell uh, a kid just in passing that uh, I think K-State's a really good school. I mean, that's becoming part of the recruiting process. But uh, you, as a non-journalist, can hand, hand him a bag of money and tell him to go to, to go to that school, right, for an NIL deal. Basically. Flipping weird. From Prairie Cat, knowing one game doesn't make a basketball season, what are some key indicators you all are watching for during the USC game to determine what men's basketball will be this year? The scoreboard. Look, it's. Uh, I, I think it's going to take this team a while to get going like last year's team did. Now, last year's team was a more significant um, building project for Jerome Tang because it was literally from the ground up. They were all new to him. Even the players returning, the two whole players that did, uh, were new to him. It was so many pieces. He was a first-time head coach. We now, including internally, they have kind of a level of expectation and an understanding of what they're going to be about. But putting in a new offense, having a front-line, two guys coming in that are expected to be stars that are new. I mean, they literally kind of replaced the positions of Marquise and Keontae. But Tyler and Arthur are going to be much different in those roles. I'm not saying less effective. I'm just saying it's going to be different. So it'll take a while to sort it all out. It re- it will. I think K-State now loses this game just because it, this has been disruptive more than anything. And not just this incident, as I mentioned on the daily delivery, something else had been going on with Naquan. We never have gotten clarification on it. There's been rumors about it, contact with an agent. There's been other rumors. There's just rumors as far as I know. And they reached clarity on that. He did clear that up today, right? They would reach clarity on that? That it was a personal thing? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. and then this happens. So yeah. this has been an ongoing distraction, not just happening following Saturday night slash Sunday morning's incident. I think for me watching the game on Monday, 
I'm most interested in seeing who the top three point scorers are going to be. If Tyler Perry is in the top three, I feel pretty good. I'm interested to see if Cam Carter is going to be a bucket, as Jerome Tang said. Now that he's he's a weapon, he's not a role player anymore. Um, be interesting to see if Gasson maybe steps up and becomes one of those top three guys as far as points goes, especially with Naquan out. I'd, I'm interested to see who, at least through one game, who those guys are going to be that are providing m- the majority of the offense. If we could hypothetically make a little parlay on who the top three guys would be, Kaluma, Perry, and Carter would certainly be my three guys. And honestly, even with Tomlin in there, those three guys had a would have a good case. But now without Tomlin, I'd be. Sh- I mean, I think Gasson has a chance. Quez Glover may have a chance here over these next few games. Um, but I think those are kind of the three guys to score. I'm going to ask you a complete guesswork question. Yeah. Do you think Naquan Tomlin returns? I do. I, I I really I do. And then. Maybe halfway through the press conference, Tang mentioned he was asked something about Tomlin. He said, "Well, first we don't even know if we're going to get him back. I think they will get him back, but it's, it's not a guarantee. Right. I think the well, we, we want to let this play out. We don't want to speak without knowing every single detail. Um, you we know, don't know the details. That's the right. issue. Sure. And so we don't want to speculate. Right. That's not right. our job. Like we mentioned with the NIL stuff and all that." We want to report what's accurate, and if it's a rumor, it's a rumor. We'll keep it that with that, but you would hope he'll be back. My sort of take on that is if he were to be off of the team completely, that probably would have happened Sunday. Yeah. Monday morning at the latest, right? So how about yeah, and if he didn't come back, I think it'd be on him. Like, it's his choice to leave. Like, I don't think that's that, possible. Like, if it's it, not cleared up at yeah, the holidays. Like, I could see him maybe leaving, but I don't think it would necessarily be because K-State wasn't willing to take him back. And, and I think that, I think Jerome saying today, you know, we don't know if we're ever going to get him back. I thought that was a little bit of coach speak, a little bit. Yeah. He he suspended him. Was... He suspended him indefinitely, and he wanted to reemphasize that he is suspended indefinitely. And that yeah. I think that was a message you know, to Quan. Yeah, T- the tone matters cleaned there. up. Yeah. yeah, it was. I don't think that that was a. He's so never going to play again. I think yeah. it's a hey. Just by the way, I didn't say he's suspended for just USC or sure. Emporia State. You know, like it's. Yeah. There's question marks there, but I just. I feel like this is going to get cleaned up yeah. relatively quickly. I don't think that this is going to be a lingering issue. This is all speculation on my part. Yeah. Just, well, just while, while you're speculating, uh, was this an awful weekend for K-State sports with Naquan Tomlin getting arrested on Saturday night, like basically 12 hours after Cooper Beebe murdered someone on a football field? <laughs> I mean, he murdered someone. That guy left his body. He was up above the football field looking down like I could see. I saw the touchdown from above, and then I went back into my body after Cooper Beebe killed me on a pancake block. All I'm picturing right now is the underwear. What? The Nacho Libre? Yes. The podcast. People can't see it. If you haven't seen Cooper Beebe. People can't see my underwear. As Nacho Libre. Nobody wants to see your underwear. If you haven't seen Cooper Beebe as Nacho Libre on Saturday Night in Aggieville, it is a thing of beauty. It is. It might be the sexiest man photo I've ever seen. Put that in a calendar. Mm. Man, that belly is golden. So, real quick, two things. Yeah. One, back to the Tang 
comments on Tomlin. Mm-hmm. I was tweeting out stuff throughout the press conference on Tuesday, and I held back from sent, from from tweeting out what he said about I don't know if he'll ever, he'll ever be back because it just felt like the tone of that like it wouldn't be like fake news to be putting that out there, but it just feels like it was it, to be interpreted the wrong way if you put that out there, right? So I agree. I think Tomlin will be back. And to, to, yeah. to, to quote Tang on that, I, I think that's the wrong message. That's not what he was saying there. Secondly, back to – I don't think I've answered this question yet. The new offense, I think, certainly is something I'll be watching for on Monday. Can they gel together? Is it going to work? Is it going to take some time? We'll find out on Monday. Obviously, turnovers are going to be big. K-State, you guys know this statistic, right? When they had less than 13 turnovers last season, they lost one game. When they had more than 18 turnovers – they won one game last year. So turnovers are huge for this team. We remember the FAU game. They got out-rebounded. They got doubled up 44-22 to against FAU to end their season. And so we'll see if anybody can step up without Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. What if K-State's down by two points with eight seconds left? Do they have that guy to go out and get him a bucket and get him the win? Obviously, Noel and Johnson were those guys, and they're gone. Who can step up now, especially without Tomlin? And let's be honest, guys, losing Tomlin is huge, and they're going to have to adjust to playing without him. Hey, uh, Zach, I need some clarification. Do I need to bleep out every time he said FAU? No. Okay. It sounded obscene. Huh. Felix in your DKU zone? Well, that's not what he meant. Okay. That's not what uh, – uh, what's Tom, Tim, Brando, Felix, and Enudiki Azuma? Know. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> But um, yeah, don't 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 tell me to FAU ever again. F you. Oh, Ooh. okay. Is this the last one? This yeah. is the last one now. Good because um, we are. This is Lawrence weird. F. Kansas Wildcat. We assume that's what LFC means, bud. Lawrence. Predictions time. Where does the basketball team finish in the Big Twelve standings? Will they make the NCAA tournament? If so, what seed line? Hmm. So mm. I did. You want me to go ahead? Yeah. Um, CJ Moore with the Athletic, as well as Kevin Flaherty with with us at Twenty Four Seven Sports. They pull a bunch of members and and kind of give a ballot. You know, Player of the Year, First Team, all that stuff. And I had K State at, at fifth in the Big Twelve. I think Houston, Baylor, KU, Texas, those four teams, I think are in a a, a tier above K State. To be honest, right now, especially without Tomlin, I think the Wildcats are at the top the very top of that second tier but k-state still has to prove some stuff to me to get to tier one in the big 12 i think a four five six you know seed in the ncaa tournament isn't crazy to expect from this team i I say this all the time though if there's one thing that tang has taught us after one year it's to to trust in him and and you know let him do his thing and who cares what we say in the preseason because last year that did not matter at all going from being picked last to making the elite eight. So I think they finished fifth, the floor. Um, I mean, this Tomlin thing, it's going to be, it's going to come and pass. Even if he's on the team, if he's off the team, it'll be a thing of the past at some point. Um, but he's got to be on the court for this, for this team to be successful. Um, last year, we remember him sort of as the X factor. I think this is the year for him to be more of the star for the Wildcats. And if he's not on the court, that's going to hurt. So K-State's going to be decent. I'd be very shocked if they don't make the NCAA tournament. Kaluma and Perry are just huge transfer portal additions in the offseason. So K-State's got enough returning when you pair that with those guys, the newcomers, that they're going to be in March Madness. Wow, that was thorough. 
Do, do we have anything to say? I will that? go fifth hey, you in the cop, Big 12. Copier. Big 12, fifth, and then seed line six. Whatever. So whatever the farthest game possible away for. I really like that fifth and sixth. K-State yeah. Yeah. is what we're, was what K-State's going to get. Right. For March Madness. Whatever seed that gives them. Uh-huh. Okay. To play in China, wherever the. I know, whatever. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn is my That's first and second round prediction just because. Damn it, they're going to do it New because they sold tickets last year. Yep. People caught on to K State. They, they, there was an element of locals adopting K State, and it was visible. They're going to send them back, man. Man. Hey, at least we can't it's... afford this nonsense. We're just a little company in Kansas. At least the flights are cheap. I'd have to go look at the roster, but if Tomlin's not there, I think that's it for New Yorkers on the roster. Yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, where's Keith Glover from? He might be. This is great. Are we done? We're done. Ron Gilbert's going to look this up, and that'll be the last words of the podcast. He will inform us if he's from New York City or not. Knoxville, Tennessee. That wow. is a suburb of New York City. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.